Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast. My name is Thomas Frank, and this is a show that helps you become a more effective student. And in this episode, we are covering a topic that I have only touched on occasionally over the course of this podcast, but I know a lot of you guys are really interested in. So today, we're talking about how to study abroad. And my guest on today's episode is Ransom Patterson, who is actually my student writer. So if you've been reading the blog, all the blog posts that are not videos or podcast episodes lately have been written by Ransom. And he's an absolutely fantastic writer, and he actually pitched this idea to me as a blog post. And I thought that it would be a really good podcast episode, actually, because he is currently studying abroad at Queen's University in Belfast, Northern Ireland. So you'll get a little bit of his perspective and experience studying there, but you also get a general overview of how to pick your study abroad location and program and also how to stay organized while applying and keep all your deadlines written down, your ducks in a row. We'll also talk about how to save on some of the hidden costs that come along with studying abroad and talk a bit about how studying abroad can actually be cheaper than just attending a normal semester at your current university in some cases. So that is what's in store for this episode. And as always, we have show notes with links to all the resources we mentioned. So if you want to find those, head over to CIGpodcast.com and click the episode 101 link on the page. And you'll find all those links along with ways to rate and review the podcast on iTunes if you would like to support the show, which I highly appreciate it if you do that. Anyway, that's all I've got for this intro. So let's get right into this interview with Ransom and learn how to study abroad. Ransom, welcome to the show, man. Awesome. It's great to be here. Yeah, dude. So we tried to record this last week and our internet just completely died on us. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about studying abroad today, but the day we recorded it last week was the day after St. Patty's Day. And since you're studying abroad in Ireland, I'm still curious about what it's like over there on St. Patty's Day. Are, are you in Dublin or where are you at, actually? To be very clear, I'm in Belfast, which Belfast. is in Northern Ireland, and people here will get very irritated. Well, some people will get very irritated if you confuse the two, because it's not... Oh, you're in Northern same. Ireland. Yeah. So you're actually in uh, the, UK. the UK. Okay. Although even that is a bit contentious. Uh, that's It's a very complicated... I'll just link to CGP Grey's UK video. Yes, that, that would be perfect, actually. <laughs> that, will, that will work, because you're not the only one. Actually, most people back home are like, Belfast? Where is that? You know, <laughs> I actually I do a lot of Google Maps, uh, just you know, random Google Maps scrolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know where Belfast was. Oh, I was actually I just do like random street view drops sometimes because I'm curious. I was going to say, have you ever played that game? I think there's, there's you know, GeoGuessr. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I actually did a uh, a live stream with with uh, some friends of mine from the UK, um, Simon. I think his last name is Clark. Yeah. Who did yeah, uh, okay. So I did Simon Clark and then Sally LePage and um, one of the guy who was able to be in there for like five minutes, again, due to Google uh, Hangouts complications. But we did GeoGuessr and we did pretty darn good, actually. Did, were they like better at it than you or did it just sort of depend? I think it was it was really a team effort. But like every single time it just dropped us into complete barren wastelands. <laughs> I was like, you're not throwing yeah. me a bone at all here. No cities. It was like, oh, look, random abandoned dirt road in the middle of nowhere with a tree. And we're like, Sally, you're a scientist. Can you identify the leaves on that tree? Nope, they're too blurry. <laughs> so our only hope is to go try to find like a truck and identify the language on it or something. Yeah, if you can find any signs, that does tend to help. So yeah, dude, I was just dropping little street view man into random places in Ireland and Scotland. and Oh, my gosh, it's freaking gorgeous over there. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's just, you're just like, wow. So this yeah. is like where they shot. Well, because you know, like Game of Thrones is filmed a lot of it in Northern Ireland. Really? Yeah, actually, actually in Belfast, the, the studio, like where they film, I guess, the non on location stuff that's actually here. That's awesome. Which is not, I'm not like, I've actually watched the show, but I know a lot of people, you know, it's to the degree that they have like a Game of Thrones tour because 
there's not a ton of tourism in Belfast historically, but they're trying now, you know, because it's like a huge industry in the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. Uh, so, and one of the things they found they can do is, oh, Game of Thrones tourism. That makes sense. I have, I am finally caught up with Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. I've, I've never seen any of it. I know. I mean, I, I get like the basic references just because, you know, they're everywhere, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic show. I was kind oh, of against watching sure. it for a while. Because my perception was it's one of those shows like Breaking Bad or Hell's or what do they call it? The one with the bikers. I don't remember that one. Uh, Sons of Anarchy. Where nothing but like bad stuff ever happens. And that's very true in Breaking Bad and Sons of Anarchy. Like nothing good ever happens in those shows. And I was like, well, Game of Thrones is probably going to be one of those shows where it's always depressing. And I don't want to watch that. But my girlfriend hounded me enough that we finally sat down and watched it. And it's actually not the case. I mean, bad stuff does happen, but... Uh, it's a fantastic show, and when I was in New York, uh, getting ready to do a speak in Vermont, we finished season five over three days. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, no, so. I mean that's kind of my thing. It's like that's sort of why with a lot of shows too. Honestly, it's like I don't watch it because I know it would be so good and that it would just be so engrossing that I wouldn't do anything else. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm on Google Maps right now, looking at Belfast. Uh, I'm looking at Belfast Castle. Are you close to that? Uh no, I've been there though. Have you uh, actually? Well, the castle, to be honest, is, is not that great, but behind it is it's, it's called the Cave Hill. Okay. And that's an awesome, beautiful hike. If you're here, you have to do the hike. It's like about a, it's a, you know, hour and a half up. And then you have this amazing view of Belfast and the harbor and a couple of the other cities around it, too. Oh, that's awesome. Actually, if you look on Facebook, I have some pictures, I think. I will have to look at those later. Yeah, it's I was looking. Yeah. Oh, dude, I was also looking at Austria. I didn't oh, yeah. realize how mountainous and just ridiculously gorgeous that country is. So now I need to visit there as well. Well, you know, I'm going there, actually. Are you? Oh, yeah. so you're doing, are you going to do like one of those things where it's a study abroad student takes a couple weeks to just travel Europe, that kind of thing? One week, but yes. yes. Okay. Oh, it's so cool, man. We can we can get to that, I guess. Yeah, we should um, probably get into the actual meat of the topic because yeah, I'm sure like we're, you're just here like bragging about being in Ireland and everyone's like, how do I go? How do I go? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. I should, I should, yeah. Oh, um, go ahead. The St. Paddy's Day thing, we never actually addressed. That's so right, yes. I will, I will say. Okay, so, to be honest, I didn't really do much on the actual St. Patrick's Day okay. uh, itself, but uh, the day before, uh, I did go out with some people, the night before, I should say, mm-hmm. and it's sort of an interesting thing again here in in the North, uh, because for the most part, people are like, oh, it's a, it's a holiday, it's an excuse to drink, we love it, you know, but there are a few people for whom it is a little, they don't like its association with the Republic of Ireland, again, that's really complicated political stuff that mm. I'm going to try to explain and is a bit, for the most part now, not a huge issue, but still historically there's some weird things. So uh, what one of my professors was saying at least is like, you know, until a few years ago, there wasn't even like a St. Patrick's Day parade in Belfast. That's like a pretty new thing. Really? But from all I can tell, uh, it's clearly, you know, widely accepted now, at least by university students. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, a lot. it's like, a lot of the stereotypes are true. I mean, everyone here does wear green, although they don't, they don't have that thing about pinching people. That seems to be a U.S. thing, actually. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because people were asking me, they're like, is it true in the U.S. that you pinch each other on St. Patrick's Day? And I was like, you don't do that here? They're like, no. I think high school students pinch each other. I don't think I've been pinched in, in quite a few years, thankfully. Yeah, yeah, but I definitely remember in high school. <laughs> I would and purposely they, not wear green. My, my high school mascot was the Irish, too, actually. Oh, was it? Yeah, um, so that was it. Was even more of a thing, I guess. Uh, but I yeah, anyway, had an Irish uh, mas- not us, but uh, in my in my district, there was an Irish mascot somewhere. Well, see, it used to be the Fighting Irish, but then uh, Notre Dame sent us the cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> Our mascot looked exactly like theirs, <laughs> so now it's just the Irish. I have seen some high schools that just like straight up have like NFL football team names as their names or like the same logo or something. Oh my god. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean a lot of the traditions are this I guess kind of the same, you know. Pretty I mean just the general celebratory atmosphere, you know, wearing green and all that great stuff. Ireland is amazing, mm-hmm. you know. It's all there basically. So, I don't have any like super exciting stories about it, I guess actually, but it <laughs> just is just a fun night going out. Yeah, just just a fun night uh with, Actually, it was with one of the, the cool clubs that I was able to join here. We can, we can talk about that. Oh, yeah, that'd be um, cool. It was uh, with the Caving Club. You um, guys have a caving club? I wish I had Queens, caves. Queens has a caving club. Well, oh, my gosh. 
you see, it's funny because Tennessee, you know, I'm from, actually has a ton of caves. Like yeah, I heard about that. But uh, I don't know that any of the universities there have caving clubs. I could be very wrong, but just based on, I have a lot of friends that go to like the state universities in Tennessee, and I've never heard of any caving clubs. And I think Nashville might have one, but it doesn't seem to be super active. But yeah, here huh. at Queens, Queens University, that's where I am, we should say, which is essentially the only major university in Northern Ireland and in Belfast. There are mm-hmm. a couple other small ones and don't want to disregard them, but you know, compared to the Republic of Ireland, which has like, you know, a bunch more. Yeah. Um, just in Dublin, there's like, you know, four of them, I think. Republic of Ireland is quite a bit bigger, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's all relative, but yes. Cause... It's like you talk to people here are like, oh, what's the population of Nashville? I'm like, well, the greater metro area is like a million people. And they're like, that's like a fifth of the population of Ireland right there. Okay. So... So it's geographically, country. it's bigger, but uh, yeah, but population, population wise, wise I mean, it's it is not. it is bigger population wise in the north too. But like, I mean, it's all relative. It's still all very like you can drive across the country like horizontally in a few hours. Oh, okay. So, really, what is it? Someone someone told me like they gave me a comparison. I think I think the Northern Ireland is like about the size of Connecticut. If that helps. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now just to try to compare. I'm, yeah, I'm sure you can find bit. one of those websites that will like. Do you know if it were my home? Have you ever seen that site? No, but I'm gonna write that down now. Ooh, you need. You need to, this is a cool site. We can put that in the links too. It's just fun. It's like, you you type in your country and then you can compare your country to any other country on Earth. Oh, um, that's in terms, cool. Like different statistics, like you know, cost of living, incarceration rates, just general happiness, and a bunch of other stuff. But it also will like overlay the outline of the other country onto your country or vice versa so you can see like the relative size okay yeah i'm looking at them right now it <clears throat> looks like northern yeah. ireland is a little bit bigger than connecticut but yeah pretty but similar sizes that's the one i've heard at least yeah and then the republic i don't remember there's a state for it too i can't remember maybe north carolina i'm not sure okay <laughs> but i was thinking yeah, in north carolina i was going to ask you since you're from tennessee have you ever been to Asheville? no uh i've been North Carolina because I consider going to a college there so my dad and I drove out there to see it mm-hmm. um, and we were near I think we were near Asheville but and maybe we drove through it but I don't think I didn't really like I've seen it I guess I, I didn't do anything there it was just sort of on the way okay I've been hearing this things that Asheville's an awesome town and I've only ever been to uh, Charlotte in North Carolina okay have you ever been to uh, Ruby Falls Cave Oh, Ruby Falls. Oh, yes. Is that in Tennessee? Oh, my God. Uh, yes. Uh, so I don't know if you've ever driven through Tennessee mm-hmm. or Georgia or any of the surrounding states. That's really, where we went because like, we took a road trip from Iowa to Disney World. Oh, you did. You did Ruby Falls. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, we were so you, like, we need something fun to break it up. probably saw like the hundreds of billboards advertising Sea Rock City. <laughs> yes, <whatever>. we did. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, we went there actually on a field trip. I think it was in like... Ew, like sixth grade maybe or something i don't know why i mean it's not like it was educational at all except that i guess hey there's rocks i mean i guess you could argue that there was a bit of geography involved <laughs> they see all those states but i mean you've been geology. there it's not really well of course uh and you, you've read uh american gods right yeah so i, th- I thought that was so hilarious just having had you been there when you read american gods oh, or not? i'm trying to think um i'm pretty sure i went there before American Gods, yeah, because I read okay. American Gods when I was at the first Camp Nerd Fitness, okay. which I okay. think was in 2014, and we went to Disney World in 2013. So I had never heard of Ruby Falls before, uh, at the time that I was there, but then when I read American Gods, I was like, oh, I've been here. And okay. uh, also, fun story about American Gods: um, one of the settings in American Gods is this place called House on the Rock which oh, is yeah. this crazy roadside attraction in Wisconsin. And I read the book and it sounded so insane that I went there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the weirdest place I've ever been in my entire life. It is, it's I think so I saw, weird. Did you have pictures on Facebook? I feel like I saw them. I maybe. do have pictures. Yes. <laughs> um, I will link to the album with pictures. It, it is insane. Just, I don't know. Imagine like that some dude buying every weird thing he could ever find and, and just putting it in one big building well it's several big buildings sure it's, it's like, like it's being like alice the, in wonderland that's the closest yeah. thing i can equate to it okay <laughs> so 
So anyway, studying abroad. Studying abroad, yes. Uh, now uh, that we, now that I know a little bit about St. Patty's Day, um, yeah. I wanted to ask you because I did not study abroad as a student. Um, the only thing I did as a student is after my junior year ended, I went to Japan for a couple weeks because my friend Ryan had posted on Facebook that he was going, and I jokingly said, "Yeah, I'll come with you, bro." And then he said, "For real?" Because I want someone to go with. So I went, but with studying abroad, there was always like this kind of hesitation and fear in my mind. Like, I don't know. I always kind of wanted to do it, but there was also Mm -hmm. this, I don't want to leave my friends for an entire semester. And um, I was kind of like worried it would would tack on more debt. And I knew that if I looked into it, I might be able to find scholarship opportunities and find ways to kind of uh, rationalize all those fears. But I just never pursued it. So you're doing it right now. And I got all the opportunities to ask you the questions. So, I mean... Was studying abroad something you wanted to do, like, right when you went into college? Was it always a, a desire of yours? Yeah. Yeah, it was always a desire of mine. I mean, it was like, because I guess part of it is my parents, you know, when they went to college, they had studied abroad. Mm. Uh, so they always talked about it. You know, that was sort of their, like, world travel experiences or whatever they mm-hmm. would bring in. And even my grandma actually had lived uh, back in, like, in the 50s or late 40s. She lived in Germany for a couple of years. Uh, not to study, but she was she was working... Uh, for the the Air Force, actually. Oh, cool. Um, it's a radio operator, so she got to go over there. They paid for it, you know, basically. They're like, okay, if you work for us for two years, we'll pay for you to go over there and to live and, you know, whatnot. And mm-hmm. Actually, that's where she met my grandfather. <laughs> so that was, that oh, was cool. lucky. Uh, but, yeah, so I guess I'd always heard stories about, you know, especially sort of European travel. And then uh, the college I attend, they definitely push it, too. I mean, it's not unique to mine. I think a lot of I don't know. I don't know about your university, but like at least you know, a lot of the ones I toured, which granted were I guess sort of smaller ones, that was a, always a big selling point for them. Was oh, you can study abroad here and still graduate on time and mm-hmm. all that stuff. You know, which yeah, is definitely a big thing in our state too. True, it really isn't true for some majors, but for English yeah. and other humanities sort of majors, it's usually true. Well, I've heard it's. Uh, I mean, we, we'll probably get into this a little bit, but I've heard it's. Yeah. It, it definitely depends because if you study abroad later in your student career then you run into problems where the university abroad may wait like an entire semester to send your grades from ah. the program. So then you can't graduate until like this university in Ireland sends over your grades. So at least in my school, they were like, you should probably study abroad um, junior year or earlier. Don't do it your senior year. Yeah. For us, you really can't study abroad your senior year just because of the way our um, system works. Like, cause our big thing at Worcester is you do, uh, it's called a senior independent study, or mm-hmm. IS we call it, which is like a, a year-long uh, research sort of thesis type paper. You know, it's almost like a dissertation, but like without the PhD credit. Without the 900 <laughs> pages the of same, dissertation. The same amount of, I mean, it's still, <laughs> they're still pretty long though. I mean, they're, you know, it depends on your subject, but they can range and, you know, they're, they're, they're long enough and they you, you spend the whole year, you get to work with a uh, faculty member on it. So it's kind of the oh. same idea. But That's basically, cool. because of that, unless like, I mean, maybe you, you, unless you were traveling over like a break or something, you're not going to be going abroad your senior year. Just it's not feasible. So yeah. most people go their junior year at my school, one of the two semesters. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, some You can definitely go as a sophomore, though. Um, I know some people who want to go for a whole year will go their sophomore year because it's easier that way. Yeah. Because you also have to do a junior thesis, which is like a one semester one. So, you know. Usually, uh, if you wanted to do that, you know, you, you couldn't go your whole junior year. Yeah, yeah. So you just so, so this is your junior year, right? Yes, this uh, yeah spring semester of my junior year, and okay. I'm on track to graduate in four years, so that's cool. all good. So, what made you pick Ireland, and how broad was the selection at your university? Because I know it can vary by the school you go to. Yeah. So for me, at least, uh, I was kind of not limited, but my options. But I talked, you know. I, the first thing you should do, I should say, if you're going to do this, is talk to your advisor mm-hmm. because you know you need to figure out, okay, how is this going to fit, you know, fit in my academic plan and whatnot, and you know, is this something I could even do at all, and if so, where where would be places that would be good for me? So, talking to my advisor, he was like, well, basically, for English majors, you know, unless you're fluent in another language, you're kind of limited to countries that speak English <laughs> as their <laughs> their primary language. I mean, again, limited, you know, it's, but basically the options were Ireland, the UK, Australia, or New Zealand. Mm-hmm. 
or I guess Canada, but we don't really have any programs there. What about I mean, South there, Africa? There yeah, I mean, there are probably plenty of other examples, but just as far as like places are are my university has a relationship with. Okay. You know, and where people tend to go, those are the options. I mean, that's one thing also to consider. Like, you know, a lot of times they'll tell you, oh, you know, you can go anywhere you want, but like, usually the university has programs that they already have a relationship with mm -hmm. so it's much easier to study abroad through those programs because a lot of the work is done for you okay you know because i know for us it's like you can petition to study with some other program but you have to do a lot of the other footwork you know yourself which okay. can be quite extensive in some cases you know even just like arranging you know for your transcript to be sent or arranging for just lots of details that will be, could be taken care of if you went with one that your university already and had do you know much about that about what about the process of petitioning a university that isn't really tied I to your current personally i do have i do know some people i think who have done it so okay. it's definitely possible I, I you know and if there i guess if you had a really good reason to because obviously you're petitioning so you have to prove it like why this one and not one of the other perfectly good ones that we already offer yeah. Well, I remember I was hearing about um, from the study abroad coordinator at Iowa State when I was training to be a cyclone aide, we had to learn about basically every department on campus. So they came in and mm -hmm. gave a presentation. And I think I remember them talking about a girl who really wanted to go study in South Korea, but they didn't have a relationship with the university there. So she had to figure it out on her own. So maybe that could be a good follow up episode if I want to try to find a study abroad coordinator yes. to dig into that stuff. Yeah, that's true. You really, yeah, you should bring one of them on because they, they know so much. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But you've got experience. I, I, even have, uh, I even have some people I could recommend actually, if you want. Oh, cool. Like, okay. Talk. So, uh, yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. Cause I'm sure there's like, there's plenty more we could dig into with this topic. Yeah. Um, but I think the vast majority of students are going to be able to get something really fulfilling out of the options they have available yes. just with university and again, relationships. I, I should say, and these are my options for my major. Like I know people uh, who are majoring in biology who got to, they're in like, you know, uh, Costa Rica or something. I mean, mm. so it, it really, it, the language barrier should not necessarily, you know, be a problem if it, if it suits your, your field in the right way, you know? Right. And that's something we should also talk about too. Like I know a lot of people, who are in more like STEM sort of majors will be like, oh, I can't study abroad because I have to take this really set curriculum of classes to graduate, mm -hmm. which is true. But I do know a lot of people who um, have either gone in the summer, that's an option, you know, and- Oh yeah, yeah. Doesn't always have to be super expensive either. I know some people who've actually gotten funding in some cases. Mm -hmm. um, like there was this one girl, actually, she, she came and talked to one of our classes or something. I think she was a biochemistry major or maybe just chemistry, I can't remember, but she actually got paid to go to France for the summer to do an internship. Really? So they paid for her, I think they paid for her airfare, her accommodation, and then they paid her like a stipend on top of that. Now, was and that organized through the study abroad program or was that? No, that was not that's study a, that's an international internship, which is a whole is. other topic. I should it's a whole other about. topic, but I should just say there are study abroad ones too. Like I know some people who went, like there's, uh, a few professors that do a program every couple summers to uh, Siena, you know, oh. in Italy, which is and that one's like history based, and you get you get credit for that too. It's not like you know a full semester of credit, obviously, but like there's still uh, academic credit, and there there's there's grants for that usually too, that at least make it cheaper. I mean, you know, yeah, uh, that's it, cool. So, um, what made you pick Ireland for yours? Because you had at least a few options. Yes. Uh, Part of it was just talking to the professor, again, my advisor and some others, just about like the quality of the universities themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so it's no disrespect to the ones in Australia and New Zealand, but this professor, having been there, he said like they're great if you just want to go somewhere and like you know hike all the time, basically. But like <laughs> the actual, which is sounds awesome, yeah. But like the, the actual classes themselves would probably not be. I shouldn't say the same standard, but just they'd be not the same, you know, academic rigor mm -hmm. <laughs> that I was used to. Again, I don't want to like, I'm not saying the specific name, so I guess it's fine, but I don't want to like insult them, obviously. Right. But that was what he said though. So, okay. I was like, okay, I'll look at the UK. Uh, I had been to England and Scotland before actually mm -hmm. in 2007. Um, so I was like 12 or something. Um, so I was, you know, not necessarily ruling those out, but I was like, okay, where haven't I been? 
So that was kind of what narrowed it to Ireland in general. Okay. And then I picked Belfast just because I don't really hadn't really known anyone from my university who had studied here. Actually, uh, a lot of people, a lot of English majors at my school do study in Ireland, but they tend to go more to places in the Republic. Yeah. Uh, Dublin or Cork. Actually, I don't think we can do Dublin uh, for some reason, but Cork, Limerick, there's a lot of others, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was just sort of intrigued. I was like, oh, well, Belfast is an option. Why hasn't anyone gone there? <laughs> um, and I, I do feel part of it might be the perception that it's still unsafe here, which is definitely not true. Like, mm. I don't know. Do you know about the Troubles? Have you heard of that? Yeah, I'd heard or, a little bit about it, but I'd also yeah. heard that it's kind of... Uh, at least you know diminished a bit or not a it's not, huge issue. I mean, it's hugely diminished. It's not even anything that I mean. The worst you'll see now. Well, I should I shouldn't say this because there was there was actually a bombing <laughs> a couple weeks ago, like a car bomb, because there's just stuff happens. But it wasn't like you know a huge <laughs> mass shooting or something. Yeah. So, I mean, stuff stuff happens anyway. It's not like I mean, it's just like any other city. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess you got to take it in stride I mean, with like was, events yeah. that happen around the world. But the point is, compared to like, you know, even 20 years ago, mm-hmm. there were actually, you know, like streets where you could not go because there were literally like militias controlling them. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's very safe now, is the point. Mm-hmm. But I even had professors who would be like, oh, well, be careful. And I'm like, you're, you're thinking of what it was like in like the 80s. Mm hmm. Which is, is fair, but it, the point is it's, it's quite safe now, and I guess it's just not on the map in the same way that a lot of Ireland is. Mm-hmm. So I was interested. I was like, okay, well, what is this place like? And so I, I did some research. You know, that was a lot of research. Obviously, I, I didn't just you know say, okay, I'm going to Queens. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you, you know, obviously it's quite easy now. You know, to check out their websites and to one thing I, I would also recommend. Um, this isn't true of all study abroad programs, but you could probably find one at least for the country or city you're interested in is that a lot of programs like students that are on them will keep blogs about their oh, experience, yeah. which I'm doing actually for mine. We can, we can link to that if you want. Okay. Uh, but um, those are a great way. I mean, they're, they're not like completely unbiased because you, know, you would hope if they're blogging about it, they're enjoying it. But like mm-hmm. they do give you more of a realistic picture than just like, you know, the university's website which is always going to make it look perfect you know yeah and a blog just gives you more in the trenches perspective something a little more akin to what you're going to experience and there's usually pictures too you know mm-hmm. so that's nice. again what, what it's really like what the rooms look like that's pretty easy to figure out or yeah definitely i've looked through a lot of study abroad blogs actually oh, okay yeah just end up surfing them for random reasons and you'll find there's a lot of vloggers too it seems like you can even that's true them. Even go, you can even go on YouTube and put like in, for instance, Queens University Belfast room tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Actually, know if that one would work, but you, you, I've seen those too, where it's like this is what the rooms look like, and they'll do a, a 360 for you or whatever. Oh, that's cool. Though I do want to say, I think there is something to be said for not doing too much research, maybe. Oh yeah. I don't know, and I, people might disagree with me on this. Yeah. But when I went to Japan, I did almost no research, and it just felt more like an adventure because I just had to completely navigate this unfamiliar country with, uh, you know, just doing everything on the fly. And I remember that. Like, I don't know. It was really, it was just really cool to do that. So. I mean. There's no amount of research you can do that will completely prepare you for all right. the weird things that you'll encounter. So I wouldn't worry a ton about that. But I, I guess I'd say if you're going to do research, concentrate on the quality of the school itself, mm-hmm. not on, you know, and not necessarily, you know, the rooms or whatever. That's kind of silly. You know, they're they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you'll live with the room. Yeah, exactly. And, and then somebody listening to this, like, takes our advice, gets to a school, and it's just like a dungeon. <laughs> we keep so, the students down I'm, here. I'm, cell with a little hole in the floor yeah <laughs> who knows lights out at 9 p.m <laughs> and should i say lights i i, I meant torches <laughs> actually here that could mean flashlights so oh know. it could that's true is all is all the dialects the same flat torches all that kind of stuff well it varies because ireland it's it's like it's it's the north but it's still ireland i mean even if people are you know kind of some of them you know not so sold on that idea a lot of the dialect <laughs> is it's, it's sort of a mix of like the uk and ireland mm-hmm. so everyone says we oh it's oh that's a wee little 
wee little check there, a wee little whatever. It doesn't, it's like, a, you know, sort of a diminutive term, but it doesn't matter whether or not the thing is actually small. It's yeah. just one of those like filler words, basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of an, an English equivalent or American English equivalent. I don't know. <laughs> but it's the same idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, and there, but there are definitely some that are unique to the North, too. Like uh, people will say, oh, I'm going for a dander. A dander hmm. is like a, a, a walk, you know, a stroll or whatever. Okay. Or, uh, there, I mean, there's some great profanity. <laughs> it's <is> quite unique. <laughs> and just, and not something that isn't even profanity, but just like, they'll say, oh, you're faffing around. Yeah. I mean, you're wasting time. You know? I use that term sometimes, actually. Faffing around. That's, oh, really? That's a, nor- that's a Northern Irish term then? Or Irish, I guess, probably, probably more Irish. Interesting. Irish. I don't use yeah. it a lot, but occasionally I'll just throw it in there. <laughs> So you picked Ireland. Um, yeah. Let's go through the process of process, applying yes. and getting ready to do it. So, I mean, what are the first steps? Okay, so for mine, I guess I started the process a little over a year ago. I think that would be that would be fair. Well, no, that's not true. I guess I guess it was before that, but like my February a year ago at least, mm-hmm. the application to my university was due. Okay, so, so almost an entire year before you go, right? Because yeah, you've been there and, since and January. I was researching way before that. I was I started researching back in like you know at least October of that or whatever. I mean, you, you could start researching as early as you want. Although I wouldn't go too early because the deadlines obviously don't get updated until a certain point. So mm-hmm. there's not a huge worry. But at least for me, it was like a, a two-step sort of process. Like first, you you, know, you found the program that you wanted, and then you apply through the university that you're at. So my home university, Worcester, Mm -hmm. you had to just apply to study abroad in general, you know, with them. I mean, you had to have a specific program, but like before you could apply to the program itself, Worcester had to approve that. So that was, okay. that was due. So step one, you're good to study abroad. Step two, apply to the actual university. Yeah. I mean, although you do have to like have the place in mind when you complete that application, you can't have five. I mean, it probably it may depend, but like they want, what did they say? Intentionality. That's what they said. Gotcha. <laughs> One of those words. You know, they they want to show that you you know have, are being deliberate about this, I guess. Yeah. And for that, it was like it wasn't terrible. It was it was way less than like applying to college. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's it's just like a short couple essays on just why do you want to study abroad? What do you think you'll get out of this experience? You know, those classic sort of questions. Uh, you needed a letter of recommendation. Um, which I got from my advisor. I think it, you know, could be whoever, but just a faculty member who knows you well, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think just to copy your transcript and just the usual internal stuff, make sure that you're in good enough academic standing right. to study abroad, all that, which hopefully you would be, you know, before you even tried to apply. But <laughs> they have to ask. And uh, so that I heard that pretty quick from that. I guess you know maybe maybe only like a month later. And again. It, it will vary. You know, you should obviously go talk to your uh, off-campus study or study abroad office, whatever it might be called at your university. But that was step one. Uh, step two was applying to the actual program. Um, that wasn't actually due until this past October, uh, so fairly late. I oh, thought. wow. So it's like two yeah. months before you go. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. So uh, you basically yeah. have to get in and they green light you to study abroad in general. And then there's this long, at least in my case, this pretty long period of time. I should say this was for this was for this is if you wanted to study abroad in the spring of your junior year. If you wanted right. to study abroad in the fall, these dates were much earlier. Okay. It, it, you know, so there, there's that to keep in mind. So yeah, they green light you. Then there's just this long period of time where you you kind of just complete the same process again, honestly, mm-hmm. just with the university. But then now, it's, sent case, the, it's sent to yeah, the it's sent to the next now, university, and then you. I'm guessing say, you wait longer. Uh, a little bit, yeah. I should say, in my case, my college is pretty small. It's like like 2,000 students. So we don't actually directly do these study abroad programs, a lot of them. Uh, mm-hmm. We partner with bigger universities, with bigger programs to send students. Oh, so, so is it like Wooster is partnered with University with, of Tennessee or something? And Well, and it's Arcadia University in this Arc- case, okay. Pennsylvania, and they... They're actually not a very big school either, but they have a huge study abroad thing. That's just what they do, basically, mm-hmm. all over the world. So it's Arcadia. I was kind of dealing with them 
from that point on. And then they are the ones that send all the stuff to Queens. So they're sort of the, the you know, intermediary, mm-hmm. which was actually quite nice because again, they take care of a lot of the stuff that you would, would have to otherwise, you know, they make sure everything gets there, you know, and that everything's communicated correctly. They handle all the money too, <laughs> which is nice. Yeah. Which we can get to. Um, but, uh, for, the, for them, they wanted the same stuff, you know, your transcripts. And then, of course, they needed more specific documents. Like, you know, eventually you had to have a, a copy of your passport photo and, you know, that kind right. of stuff. Be applying for all oh, those. Oh, so that's a, that's a good thing we should mention because I know when I went to go get my passport, which you generally do at the post office, um, it can take three weeks-ish to get it from the time that you go yes. apply and have your photo taken. So. Yeah, if you're if you're like mapping out deadlines here and you don't have your passport yet, go do that a few weeks before you need to. And send especially it. if you go to college in another state, like I do, you really need to map it out because you can't do it. Well, I think I don't, no, I don't think you can do it in a different state than like your actual state of residence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to like make sure I had it done before the summer was over, basically, and yeah. then just had it mailed to where I was. Uh, so yeah. Wait, do you? Are you from a different state than where Wooster yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wooster's in Ohio. I'm from Tennessee. Okay. For some reason, I thought Wooster was in Tennessee as well. No, no. Wooster's Wooster's in, in Northeast Ohio. Gotcha. Near, Cleveland is the nearest big city. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So it's it's like a seven or eight hour drive. <laughs> so pretty far. Um, and you know, certainly not something I could just like go down on the weekend to Tennessee to get my <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So we've got. Our application sent to Arcadia, which is partner university. Yes. Sometimes it might be just through your uh, your own university yeah. if it's big enough. Yeah, and then sure. so they send it off to they Queens. send it to Queens. Gotcha. So from there, again, it's it was approved, you know, pretty quickly. Again, I was surprised, uh, and it was it was good to go, basically. So then you get to the real fun, <laughs> um, which is the all the planning and logistics and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. okay, I'm okay. It's it's official. I'm going. But now there's a lot of other work to do. Um, one of the first things I had to do was just like tentatively pick classes, which is really weird because basically they're like, okay, here's a link to the online course catalog. And Queens is a huge university. I mean, at least by my, it, you know, not huge, but I guess, but it's, it's big, you know, 27,000 students or something. Oh, yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah, they've got, you know, full medical school, law school, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just presented with this giant, you know, online course catalog. Of like, <laughs> okay, find some classes. Uh, they we, they wanted a list of like you know eight to ten basically that you like, you might want to take, but they were like, well, we can't really guarantee any of these. It won't really know till you actually get there. So just pick ten that you think you might like, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so that's a bit uh, interesting, but. You know, it, it actually it did work out fine. I actually got the ones I wanted. It wasn't a big deal. Okay. And that and it might vary depending upon your your major. Like for English, there weren't really any prerequisites. If you were in a more, you know, math or STEM sort of, or STEM includes math. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a more t- technical kind of subject, there might be like you know prerequisite courses or whatever. Right. So yeah, you did that, and then mostly from there it was just like you know, okay, book your flight, <laughs> which. Uh, I would do ASAP if you're going international because a lot of the wisdom about, you know, the prices, you know, you're not going to snag some great last minute deal on a flight, a transatlantic flight more than likely. Yeah. Unless you have, you know, crazy frequent flyer miles, which maybe your parents do, you know, I don't know. I, I think, uh, who did it? Some, some, one of those big flight aggregator sites did a bunch of research on this and for domestic flights, it is generally two months to six weeks in advance of a yeah. flight is generally where you're going to get the best price though this is there's a lot of variance and it's like it's hard to make a hard and fast rule here and it but depends with international on flights yeah. yeah it's true uh yeah the time of year is definitely a big factor you know if, if you're going to go skiing or to hawaii for christmas like yes. you probably want to book before you're born or something like that um but for international flights generally the earlier the better uh, yeah, again, and not also, hard and fast, but in this case too, like there are very specific dates also, so it's not like you can be flexible in the same way that you could, you know. That's true. Yeah, so you have to be there on a specific day. Um, yeah, I had I had to get here like about a week and a half before classes actually started because there's a lot of it's well, it's, it's kind of like your freshman year of college, you know. There's like a lot of orientation stuff you have to do. 
Yeah. Oh, good question. Since you're going to be there for so long, like six months or something like that, or four months, uh, yeah. did you book a round trip or did you book two one ways? I booked a round trip. Okay. So you can do we a round trip with that much of a gap. We actually, oh yeah, yeah, no problem. We okay. actually ended up going through a travel agent, interestingly enough, because uh, we had a bit of a problem um, looking at, and I used Skyscanner to find it, you know, mm-hmm. and then the agency I booked it with ended up being not sketchy, but sort of sketchy, at least in terms of their customer service. Like the money was, was like the amount was on hold and they're like, oh, we're not really sure. And I was like, this seems kind of fishy. So, so sketchy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just sort of sort of fishy. So we ended up not doing that. And then someone my mom knew actually at the school she teaches at who travels internationally a lot was like, oh, you should try this travel agent. And it didn't cost us a lot extra. I think she charged us like 20 bucks or something as a fee, which, you know, oh. a couple thousand dollar flight doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> yeah, 1%. Yeah. Okay, so you got the flight. Got the flight, all that stuff. Um, I'm guessing um, the university kind of, well, actually I shouldn't assume, does the university take care of your housing or do you got to figure that out case, too? Yes. Uh, but that's not always true. Um, like I actually, while I've been here, I've, I've been able to talk to other students, uh, just across the UK from America through, they're all through Arcadia, but different universities. Mm-hmm. I talked to someone in London, for instance, where I think at least, I think they were living in apartments that weren't university owned they may have been arranged still by the program i'm not sure but in my case yeah it's just like it's basically the housing that freshmen live in okay because at least over here uh and i guess like a lot of you know places in the u.s too people tend to move off campus after their freshman year although apparently here it's more like you don't really have much choice you know yeah and it's just it's just it's like super cheap here rents are really low it's strange um um so like you know, it's a lot cheaper not, you know, not to live in the university housing. Okay. That was definitely the case for my university as well. Um, and yeah, actually my friend Simon was telling me like after freshman year, you go get a house or something with a bunch of friends. With, with friends. Yeah. Which yep. is pretty much what everyone does here. There's like a few, you know, student ghettos or whatever, basically, you know, <laughs> where all, all the students tend to live. Yeah. Okay. So housing, so, you might have to take care of it yourself. You might not. Um, prob- but probably, probably not. I mean, you know, I would just, it would depend. I guess if, if they're charging me some amount that just seems like absurd, then maybe you could be like, hey, could I do this myself and it would be cheaper, you know? Yeah. Oh, you know what would probably be a good idea to do is once you've set it on your university, maybe you could just try to get in contact with somebody from that same university who is studying abroad and just ask them like, hey, would it be good to go with the student housing yeah. here or should I try to find my own place? Like, what are the best practices? I mean- and that would just be good for any questions like that too, not just for you know housing questions, but if there's any just sort of logistical questions you have, mm-hmm. you could find something else. Are there any like Facebook groups or anything like that that you use to talk to study abroad students, or is it like an internal? Well, chat we have one. We have one for our just university that our study abroad set up. It's just like you know Worcester students studying abroad or something. Mm-hmm. And they all, the study abroad office for us also employs they call them global envoys very fancy but like basically it's just students who've studied abroad from Worcester in the past that you know can answer questions so okay and there's no guarantee they've done your exact program but odds are they could at least answer the general questions yeah they can probably answer some stuff for you so we've got um, your housing situation your flight um, in the notes here you talked about like we want to talk about how to save money on all the hidden costs of studying abroad. Yes. So, I mean, obviously, like, living's probably going to be a big one, um, but what else comes into the equation? Food, obviously, is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. Like, here, the notion of a meal plan just doesn't really exist. There's, okay. there's no such thing. Um, so, we have a kitchen here, basically. Like, a, There's, like, there's 12 of us on this floor, and, you know, um, we're all sharing a kitchen. has, like, two ovens. A uh, little, little different than <laughs> in the U.S. Uh, there's <laughs> different terminology and some different just they're kind of small but they work you know it's it's fine it all works um so food would be a big one i would say just generally budgeting is a good idea you know um <laughs> uh, oh there's, yeah there's, there's lots of good online calculators that will tell you okay here's what the average cost of whatever you know food is mm-hmm. in this city um Belfast is a, a fairly cheap by UK standards, at least. I mean, it still kind of sucks because the pound obviously is, you know, much stronger than the dollar. Oh yeah, yeah, you lose so a lot like, in the exchange. So there's one big hidden cost is you might get. Yeah, that's that's uh, true. Twenty five percent of your say, money just cut uh, off like that. Yeah, <laughs> which is actually what happens. Yeah, um, 
And then uh, you, I'm guessing you can probably walk to school, right? Yes, uh, it's a 20 minute walk, or um, they can they'll rent you a bike too, pretty cheaply if you if you really want to do that for some reason. But oh, yeah, sweet. I can. I just walk. I would do that. Yeah, uh, I know. If you're a, like, if you're gonna you study know, in London or something, you might have to pay for the tube every day or something like that. The tube or the bus. Mm. Uh, Belfast is more the bu- the bus system is the big public transit here. It's 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 good. It's a little unpredictable, but it works. <laughs> oh, cab culture is still pretty big here, but that's expensive. So is it? Do, do you guys have Uber or not? So Uber is here, but it's um it's, it's like not very prevalent. Okay. Like if you now if you open up the app. Like I would say, most of the times I've opened it, it's been like all oh, drivers are busy. Oh, okay. So like I, I don't people. know, but I have a suspicion since there's like five cab companies here, and it's a pretty big entrenched thing that they're pretty hostile to Uber. I would imagine, like in a lot of cities, you know, they don't really want it. Yeah. And, well, have you been hearing about the stuff they're doing in London? Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Like, oh, there has to be a five-minute wait time before uh, pickup can happen for uh, quote-unquote safety reasons, and it's like. No, it's just because the only company that will ever pick you up in less than five minutes is Uber. <laughs> yeah, it's the cabs here are good though, to be fair, and they do have apps, so it's not like they're completely in the dark ages. You can oh, do really? all... yeah, you can do most of the same things you could do with Uber, so it's not okay. Bad thing. I mean, again, it's it's just interesting though, because like people here, a lot of them haven't heard of Uber. Like I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I see you guys have Uber. What do people here think about? They're like, what? What's Uber? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. This is like university students too. Huh. Yeah, so cultural thing, I guess. I guess it's just but, more prevalent in America. But yeah, transportation, I would walk. Belfast is a super walkable city. I mean, mm-hmm. again, depends where you are. There are some places maybe you wouldn't be safe to walk. But, you know, uh, I would say generally if you can, do that. Um, food, you know, I would, in this case, talk to the students and ask them where they shop because, like, I know we're – here there's like a lot of you know convenience type stores around but those apparently are a lot more expensive you know mm-hmm. whereas they recommend to me like the, the local you know supermarket basically it's called tesco it's like sort of like i don't know what it's like it's like aldi sort of or like walmart but small you know so it, it is like a supermarket there right you don't have to yeah. go to different stores to get all your stuff no no it's a proper supermarket oh you cool know, slash you know it's almost like uh that's like a small Walmart, I guess. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So that, and the, the prices there are definitely way cheaper. <laughs> uh, so so I want to talk about the other, probably one of the biggest hidden costs. It's probably not hidden, but maybe you don't think about it. Um, and that's that most study abroad students that I know take a week or so during the semester to just travel Europe or, yes. or whatever country they're in, or, you know, just get some traveling done. Yeah. So have you done that yet? Or is that just coming up for you? I'll be doing that in uh, the last week, or the first week of April, like the 30, 31st of March to like the 9th of April or something. Yeah. And where are you going? I'm going to Amsterdam, Vienna, and Barcelona. Awesome. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty spread out uh, few cities. Yeah. So that's one thing I should say as far as like why they're so spread out like that. Um, there seems to... S- Maybe this isn't true, but there still seems to be this sort of conventional wisdom like, oh, the cheapest way to see Europe is to get a Eurorail pass or whatever. But that's not really true anymore. Um, flying is much cheaper. Really? Um, yeah. Fly, flying in Europe is like – within Europe is like ridiculously cheap. Okay. Like as, as expensive as it is to get here from the U.S., once you're here, the flights are just absurdly cheap. You know. So I just basically, again, went on Skyscanner and was like, okay – what's the cheapest city I can fly to from Belfast in this range of dates? You, know, you, you can do that on there where you can specify like a whole month or whatever. Um, again, we, we can link to this. It's not hard, but you know, you just, so yeah. I, I was like, I was sort of like, I know I want to go in places in Europe. I don't care a ton specifically, you know, there wasn't some city that was like, I have to go here, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more interested in just seeing a variety of places. So that's kind of how I, I mapped it out. Just, you know, it's okay. This is the cheapest flight to place in the, on the continent from Belfast, you know, in this range of dates. Okay. Then I, then I go to that city and be like, okay, what's the cheapest flight from here, you know, after a couple of days. And so you're just hopping city to city. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm spending a couple of days in each, but yeah, basically. Yeah. Are you flying with a uh, Ryanair? Uh, no, actually in, in this case, they, that was not the cheapest. Uh, it's easy jet is mostly it. That's like okay. the other- I've heard cheap about that one. Budget European. Yeah, but them, them and Ryanair are kind of the two cheap ones. Uh, 
I've heard jokes Ryanair about has those. a lot of flights. Oh yeah, I mean there are. <laughs> it's like a bus where you stand cheap, up on the plane or something. They are cheap for a reason. <laughs> they are definitely cheap for a reason, and I will say what everyone else has told me: read the fine print because, <laughs> again, there are a lot of things they do to make it that cheap that if you're not aware of, you can be dinged with a lot of extra fees. You know, just you'll be sitting things. in the duct tape section. That's where we duct taped you to the wing. Did you see that thing about the sub economy in the U.S., this new thing? The what? It's not, well, it's not what it's called, but it's like they, some airlines are introducing a class like below economy. Really? I have not heard about that. Basically, people wanted cheaper flights and the airlines are like, okay, we can do that. But, um, you know, <laughs> it'll it's come a bench. <laughs> it's a bench. Yeah. Should, and the seatbelt is you just hold on. Well, the, the joke was like they were, they were selling like the toilet, you know, as like a seat. Oh my gosh, that can't be real. No, that that was cool. <laughs> every five seconds you have to get up. And exactly every five it. seconds, but it's but super cheap. <laughs> so yeah, here here flying, and this is just seems to be a kind of a universal thing. Talking to other students from the UK, as far as how like they travel, you know, to places in Europe too. Air flying is definitely the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then accommodation wise too, I will say. The conventional wisdom, again, is hostels are the place to go. And hostels are definitely great. Airbnb. Uh, Airbnb was cheaper, actually. Yeah. It really was. I was surprised. but Yeah, I found that out in Japan because for the first two weeks I was there last time, uh, we did hostels for the first two weeks. And I thought it was going to be awesome because the yen was down. But what that ended up doing was it just attracted thousands and thousands of more travelers than usual. So oh. it was so hard to book hostels for more than like one night in a row. And we were just hopping back and forth between hostels every day. That's and then uh, we were in Osaka and I was like, I really want some American food. So we found this Australian cafe close mm-hmm. enough, had burgers and pizza and stuff. And uh, the owner who it was basically Raymundo from from Rocket Power like spitting him into the dude and he's like hey if you guys tried airbnb like you can get a really cheap place and basically have an apartment in tokyo so that's what we did and yeah it was it was about the exact same price as a hostel it was about 25 dollars a night for each of us and we basically had our own little apartment it was a cracker box but we didn't have to cart our luggage around to a new place every night and it was awesome yeah i mean because i looked again you can go on hostel world is kind of the one to use again for like just Best name for a band ever. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, in a lot of cases, it was either cheaper or it was or it was about the same. And it's like if it's the same, I'd kind of rather stay with an actual person who lives there, you know, and yeah. get some guidance on what to do and you know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, a lot of them too, you'll find are like and this is probably true in the U.S., but it's like a lot of it's just like other students who just like are trying to like you know earn a little extra money toward their rent. I okay. know the one I'm staying at in, in Vienna is like that. It's just, you know, like three, you know, university students there who are like, hey, we need a, a roommate or whatever for a couple days just to help us pay the rent. Sweet. That's so, the way to you know. do it. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that he, your study abroad is cheaper than what it would have costed you to do another semester uh, here in the U.S. Uh, at Worcester, yeah. So you're now, essentially saving money by studying abroad. Now, are you saving money even with the flight and everything included? With the flight and everything included, it's probably breaking even. But okay. um, it's certainly not like absurdly more expensive, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this will depend again on what you're doing. But in my case, tuition in the UK is just really low. You know, um, by American standards, like people here, it's so funny. You'll see these things. Oh, you know, student protests because tuition <laughs> is being raised to you know. From two thousand dollars to, you know, twenty five hundred dollars or whatever, and you're like, I wish. Oh my gosh, yes. When I did the video on like whether or not you should skip a class, I decided to do like, oh, let's do the math to see how much you oh, know, money math. you're throwing away, even though it's you know sunk cost, it doesn't really apply. I just thought it'd be a fun little equation to do, and oh, I yeah, had all these kids in the comments, they were like, oh my gosh, UK tuition, tuition over here in the UK is so expensive, it's nine thousand pounds per year, and I'm like, that's about the cost of an inexpensive in-state public university here. Yeah. Anywhere else, so and you're paying way more than that. And it's actually, well, I know at least in for Queens, if you're from Northern Ireland, it's even cheaper. It's like, I think 9000 is what you pay. It's like the international student rate or whatever. Really? You know, 
or the, maybe not the no, that's not true. But the, it's like the UK one, but not Northern Ireland. But if you're from here, it's like you know three thousand pounds or something. Okay. Just, I heard if you live in Scotland, like if you're from Scotland, you study in Scotland, it's just free. Entirely. Yeah, that might. I don't know. I, I've I've talked to a lot of people about that stuff, and they're like, "Well, it's not free. It's only like a hundred dollars or something." I'm like, "Okay, so it's free." Basically free. <laughs> so, so you're paying less than you would have paid for a t- uh, semester's tuition at Worcester, basically. Yeah, and actually, it's. I had sort of thought this was true, but I was like, I don't know if that's really true. That's so we we pay the money like we normally would, right? And then like the we get this email from the. Uh, uh, business office and they're like oh you know, your account has like a two thousand dollar credit on it or something we're like what and they're like oh yeah this is just extra money that you didn't spend you know that would because it's like you know basically you pay worcester then they send it to arcadia and then arcadia sends it to queens <laughs> that's kind of the, the process there okay so you paid worcester what you would have paid normally Norm- yeah that is that is a thing at least you you, you, you don't like pay them less but like in our case, we were like, okay, we'll just keep that money and apply it to next semester, basically, you know. Okay. So, essentially, so, it was like, hey, look, it's cheap enough that the extra money is going to pay for your vacation week and the flight, pretty much. Basically, yeah. That's that's a good way to look at it, I think, and that would be about right. It's not a bad deal. So, I'm guessing this is going to be – making study abroad cheaper is mainly an arbitrage thing where you want to go to university – it costs less than your university and yes. you're going to a private school right uh in the u.s yes right yeah so with your school it's kind of easy to to hit that criteria um, yeah that, that is true it, it, it is more expensive than journals so it, it for a lot of people that might not be the case mm-hmm. well i was going to ask you but, um that's one way to do say. it but are there like study abroad scholarships you can get yes. that are like specifically for going abroad yeah i mean i don't I haven't done a ton of research on this, to be fair, but uh, I definitely looked into it. And just Arcadia that I'm with, they actually just had some scholarships you could get. And I ended up getting one of them without even really realizing I had applied for it. I think it was one of those, it's like, you know, you, you fill all these forms, right? And you sort of are just like, okay, I'm doing this. And you, you kind of forget. And then like a couple months later, like, congratulations, you've won a you know, scholarship or whatever. I was like, oh, okay, great. I, need <laughs> I think it was one of those things. My desk. Where it's just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like one of those things I think where like you just put in your GPA and some other basic information. Like I don't think it even was like an essay, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that was cool. Um, but there are like you know other real ones too that require more work, you know. Okay. And there are also ones I've noticed that aren't like not scholarships as such, but like they're things that would help with the costs, like. Uh, one I saw, it's this uh, company called Tortuga, mm-hmm. and they make backpacks. Um, and it's like you could enter like, I think you wrote an essay talking about study abroad, and if you if you like, you know, you could win a backpack or something. But they're they're nice, and they it's something that would be useful to have anyway. So you know, there's stuff like that too. Oh, okay. That it wouldn't be a direct scholarship, but like it would at least help with some of the costs associated. Yeah. With it. So I imagine just hit up your study abroad office, ask them yeah, what's available for scholarships. Them. And all, and just also all your usual scholarship searching resources too. Yeah. Um, places to look. Yeah. I bet that, you know, I've always said like places like, you know, Zinch and Capex and FastWeb, um, good places to try applying for a few scholarships in general on, but the competition is so high because all those scholarships are available to everyone. But with study abroad, there are fewer students studying abroad than there are just yes. students trying to get scholarships in general. So maybe your chances are increased a little bit just based on that factor. Yeah, and also I think that the, the same wisdom for other scholarships applies too. Like your university might have like specific study abroad scholarships, you know, endowed by some alumni who was like, oh, study abroad is an important thing that students should do, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my gut says that's gonna be probably your best bet Yes, definitely, because there's, again, there's a connection there. Mm-hmm. Cool. And a smaller pool. So the last thing I want to talk about was um, just generally staying on top of stuff, dealing with homesickness. Uh, one question I had is, is there anything that you've had to deal with back home from abroad that's been like kind of a pain or anything? Yes, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that... One caveat people told me from Worcester, at least, about going abroad in the spring is that at least, you know, it's probably the same as the spring is like when you do your housing for the next year and all this other random 
you know, administrative stuff that could be kind of a pain to do from abroad. For us, at least, there are like procedures in place for doing all of that. You know, like forms you can fill out, or like you know, you you can designate someone to be your proxy to act on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Like and this, some of this is unique to us because again, at our university, everyone lives on campus every year, so um, you have to do the housing process application thing every year. Yeah. Not fun, but um, so that was. There's a form you fill out for that. That's been a little annoying. Um, we also, um, for senior independent study, you get like assigned a, a, a carol. They're called like a, a, a little desk, basically, in one of the libraries that you can use for your work. You know, keep all your books and stuff there. And just mm-hmm. so you again, you have to designate a proxy for that. Just those sort of things. Okay. Um, what about like dealing with your like does your mail get forwarded all the way over to Ireland? No, uh, in our case, you just tell them you're studying abroad and they basically just um, they have they, I'm, I'm having it forwarded to my home address basically. Okay, so not, your parents are just taking care of it for you. Yeah, well, you just um, in our case, you just talk to the campus post office, tell them I'm studying abroad this semester. This is the address I want it forwarded to. And gotcha. Uh, that's not a huge and like it's like you shouldn't be getting a ton of campus mail when you're not actually there, but you know. <laughs> Yes, yeah. probably still will. But I mean, you'll get other mail and stuff like that. So it's just yeah. kind of important to figure out where is that going to go when I'm 2,000 miles away. Uh, can you use your phone while you're there? Because I know in Japan I had to uh, rent a phone. Uh, you, I mean, you can use your phone if you want to pay like insane amounts for yeah. it. Not doing that. I'm basically I have an iPhone. I'm just using that on Wi-Fi just for basic stuff, mm-hmm. whatever. Um. I just bought like a super cheap phone basically here at, uh, at, at Tesco actually just you can buy them in a lot of stores where it's just like a pay as you go one. Basically all it is, is just like making calls, you know, mm-hmm. essential sort of stuff. Uh, a lot of people outside the U S also use WhatsApp. I don't know if you, you heard of that. Yeah. I think that's, I don't know if it's on iPhone. It might be. It, no, it is. Life. I have. Oh, yeah, do you? I, okay. Yeah. I, cause, I, Cause we have like a WhatsApp group for our floor here in the, in the dorm for instance, or like, you know, Oh, cool. It's, so it's like most people have that, so you know that you can still sort of message people that you might meet here, and my parents have it too, and brother back home, so we can talk. Okay. Did you just use Skype a lot too then? I haven't actually Skyped them uh, really, because my parents don't really understand or like use Skype, so <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, it's so awkward. I'm like, well, yeah, it takes a bit of getting used to, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then Facebook Messenger is good too. That works. Even actually, iMessaging works too on Wi-Fi, which I. Oh not, yeah, it's true. But that still works. So I've gotten a few of those. Yeah, uh, the last couple times I was in Japan, instead of renting a phone, I just rented one of those 4G hotspot devices, <laughs> and then I could just use iMessage and whatever I wanted on my iPhone. Yeah, I'm sure. Like for that amount of time, that probably would work. I don't know how I would do that for a whole semester. I mean, I guess, I guess you could weigh the cost and just buy one, maybe. You know. Yeah, it would have been prohibitively expensive to do a rental for a whole semester. I think it was like 200 bucks for a few weeks. So, And the one other thing I do want to mention, you mentioned homesickness and that sort of stuff. Like, But it's mm-hmm. just as far as like making friends and socializing yes. while studying abroad uh, because, you know, it is sort of like being a freshman again. Like you don't really know anyone. I mean, you might, you know, depending upon your university, know a couple other people. I don't know. I'm the only one here. And it's like there are other Americans, but as far as like meeting people from the country you're in, which is sort of the point, I would imagine partially, mm-hmm. you know, uh, clubs are a great thing. Like at least here, I'm eligible to join any club or society that people here would be basically. So okay. I joined the caving club, which is super cool. We That's so caves. awesome. Just the yeah. fact that there's a caving club in general makes me want to go there. Oh, it's, 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 it's even cooler than that because we, we, we do what's called SRT caving. Okay. What's that? single rope technique where it's like you know you have ropes and harnesses and stuff and you're like oh you're like rappelling into caves in some cases yeah i I have not done that in actuality yet but we we, that's what we kind of our practices we we have like a you know rock climbing wall that we do that stuff on and um going down this weekend actually to uh it's called kilty clawher which is very western part of northern ireland uh to do um, it's for the all Irish caving forum actually that's what it's called uh, so we'll, we'll be there for like 
a four-day weekend basically doing caving and stuff that's so freaking cool i love caves so much sometimes i'll just like oh, yeah. google and then just kind of despair at how few caves there are around me oh it's like <laughs> it's because what we do basically it's like you know how like when you go tour like some cave or something show cave apparently is what they're called you mm. know or, basically it's like you know you know the parts of the cave that are like oh you can't go over there that's like what we do we we go over there you go to the cool parts <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you have to crawl on your. I mean, it's not. It's sort of people who do it. They're like, it's kind of a, you know, masochistic sort of sport because it's not really fun while you're doing it, but like it's cool to say that you've done. You know, I squeeze myself into a three foot myself tunnel thing. Scrape myself along rocks and try not to fall into the abyss. Yay! You know, bang my knees up in, in mud too. A lot of caves are really muddy. Oh yeah, that's true. It's yeah, true. I don't know how good I would be with like really tight spots. Oh, you'd be, you'd be fine. I guess if, I guess if they're like, yeah, you're probably not gonna die here. I don't know if I'd be the first person to squeeze into some completely unknown place. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Pull my feet, I'm stuck. <laughs> so uh, I think we got a pretty good overview of studying abroad. You think? I think so. Yeah, I don't think unless there's anything else, I, I'm not looking at the outline right now. But <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if we get questions, um, I can port those over to whenever I interview a city abroad coordinator because I definitely want to get into more of that. You know, how do I yeah, study abroad I will, at any university? I'll throw you some names uh, from the Arcadia people. That would definitely be useful to you. I think they 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 love talking about the stuff, so I'm sure they would love to go on a college podcast and you know proselytize a little bit. Sweet. So let's just do a quick recap because I know we have a lot of stuff here. So you want to pick your program or at least have a good idea of where you want to go because they're looking yes. for intentionality. Mm -hmm. So, and then I would say in terms of deadlines, just go talk to the study abroad office and then write down a detailed plan of all the dates that yeah, are going to be pertinent to whenever you want to study abroad. Yes. Put them on your calendar. All the usual advice applies here. Certainly. Mm. Although you really do not want to miss them because they are very hard deadlines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ask questions about housing. You're going to want to book your flight pretty early. Um, Skyscanner. Other, the, I use Kayak. Basically the same thing. Yeah. Uh, same. I think they're all, they're all good. I you mean, can set up alerts. So I've actually got like a couple of flight alerts right now. And I'm just getting weekly emails to see like how low is the price gone. Um, that can be helpful. Too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Um, it might be cheaper to study abroad depending on what your school charges for tuition versus what the other school charges and you can also look into study abroad scholarships you can look on places like FastWeb, but also look locally where your chances are probably better and then uh in terms of making friends just kind of treat it like your home university and get involved in the exact yeah, same ways a lot of the same advice applies sweet well dude thanks so much for coming to the show and your big trip is coming up in like 10 days so man enjoy vienna and uh, uh amsterdam and what is it barcelona you said Barcelona, yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm jealous. I really want to go to Vienna. Like, I want to go to all those places, but Vienna's kind of, I don't know, I just have Austria on the brain right now. Yes. Listen <laughs> to some Mozart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, dude. Thanks for being on the show. Awesome. Oh, by the way, I mean, I know you're a writer on the site, but um, you've got other stuff too. So if people want to find your study abroad blog or any of your writing, like, are there, is there like a centralized place they should connect with you at? Uh, yeah, my website probably is the best place, uh, ransompatterson.com. Cool. And that I will have that up in the uh, show notes along with your study abroad blog. All right. Awesome. Cool. See you later, man. All right, guys. Well, that about does it for this episode of the College Info Geek podcast. Hopefully you found it helpful and hopefully it helps you if you've got study abroad plans of your own in the future. Once again, if you want to find all the resource links to the things we talked about in this episode, you can go over to CIGpodcast.com and find that episode 101 link on the page. Also, if you want to find my favorite resources for making your college experience generally a better one, go over to collegeinfogeek.com slash resources and you'll find all the stuff I have on that page there. Uh, that's it for this episode. So thanks for listening and I will see you in next week's episode. Stay cute.